0: White, a blank page or canvas. The challenge bring order to
1: the whole through design,
0: composition.
1: Balance. Welcome back, serial killers, to another serial killer radio hour. So we have Tyler Joseph Ellis today, and I am so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored okay. To be here. So why don't you tell the folks at home a little rundown of you, who you are, how they might know you. Great.
0: Love it. Um, <laughs> Hi folks at home. Uh, my name is Tyler Joseph Ellis. Um, my whole spiel, sort of, is that I am an actor and singer, um, and I guess comedian now here in Los Angeles, um, a recent college grad. And sort of a recent sort of found myself, I was a musical theater person, um, still am through and through, but uh I sort of was on the track to just keep doing musical theater here in LA and then hopefully make it to New York. And that was my path upon um my senior year of college, because I graduated virtually in 2020. But when the pandemic hit, I sort of um used all that pent-up creative. Energy that um, I think a lot of us artists had when all of our projects and stuff were shut down. So I just sort of found myself on uh, TikTok, that that oh so famous application that's on all of our phones now, and um and yeah, so I just started creating there just for fun, not trying to do anything um substantial. I was just trying to I treated it almost like a close friend story, you know, making silly little videos. If you scroll all the way down, you'll see what I mean. And uh, so as soon as I sort of found Found a th- the theater niche on the app. Um, it seems so obvious now, but <laughs> there was like a light bulb moment when I started making theater content. I'm like, wait, I could make theater content, and there's theater people on this app. It's so it so seems so silly saying that now, but then sort of that's when my TikTok audience sort of began growing. Is when I sort of was hitting a um, very specific but very powerful powerful niche that is theater people, and a lot of theater people were very. Um, Creatively stifled, as I mentioned before, and a lot of high schoolers not able to do their high school shows and everything, so I think i um got really lucky in terms of fulfilling a need that would not have been there otherwise if it weren't for the for the pandemic so that's sort of my deal
1: I love that i also i graduated with my master's in costume design last May as well, and so like oh, it was my god it was uh, like teaching the last like seven weeks of the semester online, but also I was taking directing with our acting grads and they were like, fine, we're do you have to do your final scene remotely? And, and I chose to do the inheritance by Matthew Lopez because of course, gotta get out there. What else else would you do? But also like how I was one of those moments. I was like, how, what is hap? How are we supposed to create this like in person art form through yes. the most impersonal like Zoom? It's so like I f- like Zoom existed before. I used it for production meetings and stuff before, but like sure. the fact that so many of us now all have had to use it between classrooms and productions and just hanging playing, out with friends, even, hanging out like, with friends, cards yeah. against humanity with everyone because yeah. you can do it <laughs> yes. digitally and interface it in. Like it yes. is just. I, I don't think I was properly prepared when I went, I'm so tired after graduating, I need a break. This is not quite what I asked for. I'm not sure this is, this is okay. So you, you talked about tapping into the theater niche, which I think is interesting because when vine was around, which, you know, predecessor to TikTok, uh, going back through, there was the like subsection of like theater vine kids, but like It was truly high schoolers making high school specific theater vines. Yes. And I I have to agree with you that I think the pandemic tapped theater people into TikTok in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise. I completely agree. Yes. And so I want to talk about the pink bandana that launched it all. (laughs) We all know her. We all (laughs) have been her. But let's talk about that theater bitch. Uh, Let's do it. Where did she come from?
0: Um, well, a lot, a lot of, I think I, people have asked me this and they're like, is it based on a person specifically? And no, there's not a per, because I think that person would have sent me a cease and desist at this point. (laughs) Um, but I, I think just, I didn't, I did, I wasn't really a kid in theater. I Mm -hmm. really started theater uh, seriously. Uh, And when I was like 14, my freshman year of of high school. So um, I was still a child, but it wasn't like I was growing up um, like when I was six or seven doing these shows Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I really threw myself into a very adolescent pubescent environment that is is people in theater in high school. (laughs) And you see this type of behavior. It's a little bit more subtle than the character I've created most of the time, but I... It was, I don't know, it just came from the, everyone is so insecure, I think, uh, at that age. And a lot of people that find theater are the people that haven't really had a home prior, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, like with mm-hmm. sports or with other groups of people. So I think there just becomes a lot of, um, a lot of sort of nasty behavior that of course is probably rooted in insecurity and has nothing to do with the per- the target of this <laughs> behavior. But boy, um, you see some of it, the people that think that, they're so talented no one can touch them and sometimes they aren't they aren't the most i don't know talented but they are mm-hmm. they have convinced themselves otherwise which is honestly i envy that confidence um but yeah it sort of came from and then of course the characters you see on television the the mm-hmm. Rachel berries you see the mm-hmm. the what the, the ivies and smash like i the 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 trope of a um, sort of mean actor mm-hmm. like a, but specifically a musical theater actor is um is strong And I didn't think it was going to be a series. I thought it was going to be a one-off little video. The only reason I was wearing a bandana is because I was home in the Bay Area for like a month during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. sort of with my immediate family. And my mom sort of freaked out when um, the, obviously when masks were happening and all the masks were sold out. So she got a crap ton of bandanas, like just so many bandanas, like apparently these work. So I, I I just went downstairs, grabbed this. I was like, "Well, I'm already wearing a white shirt. I'll just put mm-hmm. this bandana on mm-hmm. and then make this video." Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for my older self, um, or my younger self rather, because I can now just have my pink bandana on me at all times. And I often wear a white shirt, so mm-hmm. some of my best videos or video ideas just come from, "Oh my god, I need to film something right now!" Thank God I have this bandana <laughs> on me, um, which is which is so. Thank you, former self, for not doing a wig and a first coat you know what i'm saying like that would be a little rough
1: (laughs) it's it's true well and it's so interesting like talking about that idea when we're in a classroom and thinking about building a character and when we're working, like, we always think we need all these parts and components and all these things that make it, but it's like, you just need that one thing to switch between. Uh, yeah. Cause even it's like in your, your second video when she's sitting or they're sitting with somebody and it's like, they're in the periwinkle and yes. then they're in the pink and you're switching back and forth. And that's really all you need. The audience yeah. gets it. Yes. Um, they fill in the rest though. I think it's very funny. Cause very like, I think tropey, like fashion wise, it's either everyone's wearing a kerchief or especially musical theater boys always do the bandana bandana on the the floppy bang Uh and flopping out. I get jealous because as someone who has almost no hair left, I try the band, I try the, the like, like chic bandana, like a uh, headband. It just does not, it does not work for my egghead, but. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I haven't seen it.
0: I don't believe you, but listen, you know, I think a bandana can work for anyone. Listen. But you know
1: what? I think it's, I think it's funny and that character really. Taps into all of us because whether we've all admitted it, we've all been that girl. Exactly. You've all been sitting with your friends at a party, a little too drunk after a show, Mm -hmm. and you were like, listen, you could have done better. You could yeah. have
0: honestly seriously it's like you like deserved the lead you, like it's crazy you, that miss whatever didn't give you you know it's like that's yeah. the conversations we have it, they're but, brutal and silly but they happen
1: but listen you stole the show no, as seriously. the fork you, the, you stole yes. the show be be our guest no we were be your guest we, we were your guest, guest. like <laughs> i was in,
0: i was in a production of you're in town when i was uh like in what in 2013 mm-hmm. and i had a very small part i was on stage a lot but mm-hmm. i because i was playing a lot of different ensemble characters but i was a tiny tom in tiny
1: i was tiny tom, tom. tom of, as course, well. I mean, of course uh, a sister a sister <laughs> so the
0: line i mean um Tiny times like famous line is um mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm frightened it's like well you should be and then it's like literally so that was sort of what i was most excited to do but throughout the show as you know tiny tom randomly comes back three times in different flashbacks with old man strong and is like no shorter than yesterday unless i've grown like Mm -hmm. very throwaway line Mm -hmm. doesn't really need to be anything but i milked it so hard that by the third one the director had (laughs) bless her her name is jennifer she's perfect icon uh, in a bay area theater scene was like (laughs) We're going to move the set and have Old Man Strong and You. And it was just like this big theatrical moment, like, no, shorter than and that was just because I refused to like <laughs> right, be... right. that is theater bitch behavior. It's like, so ultimately. True. And and I look back and we've again, it's I think the, one of the reasons that also people don't only find her so funny, like, oh, I know that person mm-hmm. is you're totally right. It's like we sort of all are that person. Yeah. And we just would never say some of these thoughts out loud. No. Ever. But what a treat it is to have a character where you can
1: say it all. It is true. And a lot of those people, like I lived in New York and was a performer for years. uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always several of those people, but like you kind of have to like commend them after a while because I was like, listen, yeah. if you're actually doing 15 calls a week, if you are like, I have to give it to you. You've got that hustle. Now, like whether you're, you're hustling, booking girl. or not, whether you're booking or not, or whether they're mm-hmm. a person that books, but then they don't book at that theater again because they're a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> you, <yes. laughs> so oh, yes. they're, they're always the fun ones to look for when you're in an open call and they're in the middle of the room just like shaking it out. Yes, they're the on ones f- warming up loudly in front of uh, everyone. If, the, you're, uh, if you're in New York, they're an Amda kid. Uh, all always say oh. they're an amda kid as, I, as a previous amda kid myself oh got I it got say, it you have um, every right to say that you know what we can call each other out hey they're <laughs> reputable now they've got they've, it's an actual bfa program now so it was a certificate <laughs> when that. i was there oh um, god i got it so i want to talk to you about a performer and just kind of the the world you mm-hmm. live in because you have some videos about uh you've got some of your performance videos up you've got a great setting in the park with george video oh, and some you. things of you uh really i just love that show i can't get enough oh, of that it's show it's i'm so sitting
0: good. on it. A- sitting on a pillow that is the painting right did
1: you know did you know that painting was based on the musical yeah the painting was based
0: on the musical Sunday in the park with George
1: the first time I saw that (laughs) video of you with the painting I threw my phone I think I peed I just it was so uh, it was just so good because that's also like me anytime somebody's at Disney World with me I'm like did you know (laughs) that this moment where Walt Disney Um Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so, you know, in your second theater bitch video, she's joking yeah. with someone about, "Oh, I bet you have this song in your book. I bet you have this song in your book." Yeah. Tyler, I want to know what's in your book. What are well, some it's of your go tos? What are some of your go tos? Um,
0: well, in in terms of um, sort of essentially anything, Gavin Creel is song I I have in my book. So oh, I have some hair. I have some. Where do I go? I have some. What I need with love from Millie. I have. Um, what else do I have in there? I just, just put this song in my book. I would only be able to sing it if I had an accompanist that knew the song, but it's called Playbill. And it's all about, it's like a stand-up, standalone song, not from a show. Mm-hmm. And it's about, I highly recommend it to the listeners. It's it it's all about a guy sitting at a bar who had just seen Passion, Stephen Sondheim's oh! <laughs> And like someone comes up. To him and they begin talking about the show and then they sort of like have this he sort of like falls for this guy and then waits for like in the end it's like waiting for him to call him mm. it's like really 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 sweet but it feels like it was written for me um i was in passion when the pandemic hit i was in a professional production oh, wow. of that show we were in previews <laughs> so never got to open the show but um what else is in my book uh I love I love Betsy. I love a comedic moment. Mm-hmm. Um so honeymoon in Vegas. I mean that song I think is in every character actor's book I at this think point. So. Which but I'm like hey it's brilliant. And if you have a pianist I can do it then by all means. It's but yeah, true. I have uh and then in terms of anything new, I mean like uh I also have I I think you're probably getting my type. Um I have Lori's song uh, take a chance on me from Little Women. I have mm. some company in there. I think someone is waiting for like every audition. I just, I've played Bobby twice, though I'm 23, which is hilarious. So, uh, so, so those are some of the songs in my book. I'm trying to remember uh, if I have any. Oh, and then I love Stranger from Big Fish. Is like a huge oh, one great. in, in my life.
1: Song. Yeah. Huge
0: song in my life. It only takes a moment, Dolly. You mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff. Yep. And then, so you can imagine anytime anyone asks for a pop song, I have an aneurysm.
1: Of course. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. course. <laughs> yes. Of course. I love oh there's just been the the trend of everyone doing the musical theater kid has to sing a pop song and it's just it's so good but you do you dance this wonderful line between you've got the you've got the leading man look and voice but you also have the comedic timing of the, the I do appreciate that. Thank so you. i i mean it's good it's good that it sounds like the program that you came from prepared you for that or at least you have prepared sort yourself. Of. i mean
0: i i went to usc mm-hmm. and a lot of the roles i was so lucky to play a lot of different kinds of roles in college um but most of them were sort of the straight guy the leading mm-hmm. straight guy where the show often happens to him um that that kind of thing, which is honestly great and um was great. I didn't have to really do a lot of dancing in my time in college. I'm not a I, I not a very good dancer, but that's my fault. Like I don't take dance classes like yes, it's not like I yes. you know it's not like I have two left feet, like no, I make the decision to not take dance classes. I'm so lazy. But um, uh, yeah, but it was really upon um, graduating when I really mm-hmm. leaned into, because I always considered myself a somewhat funny person. I always mm-hmm. love making people laugh. But it, I would not be tapped into this comedic side if it weren't for the TikTok, if it weren't for just creating comedic content, because I was so willing to Put pigeonhole myself into mm-hmm. a stand there, park and bark, mm-hmm. sing a ballad, like that kind of thing. Because ultimately that I mean a lot of let's tell it how it is, a lot of musical theater roles are that and they're leads and it's exciting. Uh, just like a plain looking white boy singing. And yeah. I was so willing to I was like, oh my God, perfect. But now I'm like, ooh, that seems so boring to me, but I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I love
1: know. that. Oh, so you mean your entire personality isn't defined by the fact that you can sit the la you can hit the lesson in Santa Fe? That's not oh your whole personality. Damn it.
0: <laughs> um, as if I as if I could sing the last note in Santa Fe either. <laughs> Santa Fe
1: Oh my god, the amount of
0: renditions I've heard of that.
1: Oh my uh. god. I really so I miss, I think it was the summer of 2017 when mm-hmm. all of the musical theater compilations were going around. And it's no. when we got it's when we got the iconic Courtney Take Your Break. Oh, Courtney Take Your oh, Christopher, Christopher Columbus for Columbus. Um oh my gosh. Oh, The Why from Gethsemane. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, or um, or um
0: Justifies the Means
1: from Into the Woods, oh, that god! Was of favorite of mine. Oh, um, oh. I just totally had a video as a reason. It's gone. It's totally gone. Uh, there's
0: so many good ones though. And I, every so... few months I go back and watch them all.
1: But now I need one of, of just a bunch of musical theater boys trying to hit the the Santa Fe. It. I'm the, sure there's one in their, sure in their vast and newsy cap on TikTok. Cause it, it, it exists, it exists uh, so <laughs> it much, exists. but it's, it's also weird living in this theater space where Disney Presented a musical from TikTok, from TikTok creators yes. in the yes. last wor- like year, yeah. and it's so interesting to me just because you know the mouse is the mouse is the mouse is the mouse. Uh, we'll <laughs> leave that there, um, but. The fact that as a platform, because before you could search through YouTube and you could go through a K hole of you watch one song by Joe Iconis and then you're going to find a bunch of other, you know, actors yeah, exactly. doing their cabaret numbers. But TikTok, if the algorithm is just right and you're in that corner of musical theater TikTok, mm-hmm. you are going to find everyone's original musicals. You're going to find yep. people just doing crazy, sick riffs, like just. Yes the yes. girls who are tra- challenging the need for riffs and wicked on TikTok <laughs> is driving me it's just it's giving me life um but like they're so clean they're so good so clean uh, and just you know we have so much so as your channel is continuing to grow because like yeah if anybody goes back through you're you like you were doing the like home thing for your friends, for the people that knew you, yes. and then you started gaining some traction, and then you blew up, and you <laughs> kind of consistency stay numbers wise there. Like I don't, I don't know if you, there's like an algorithm where you can look at your your views and things, but like mm-hmm. you're consistently there. It's like you're you kind of tapped in between the theater things. I mean, your smackeries. Oh uh, my ta- gosh, the I just <laughs> it's as someone who. Does not care for schmackeries much, but I love that it's this little musical theater hub. It's so it's it's, so it's such a New York thing. It's so interesting like i just sometimes when i'm back in new york i will go to just people watch yes everyone coming in and how they behave while they're in there because i think it's kind of like ellen stardust in the day it like is. everyone was i think they're secretly hoping they'll get discovered or yes. you know following or going to run into yes or
0: like christian borrell's going to come in and he's going to buy them a cookie you know it just i think people sort of have this dream of that place okay just
1: just side note because you brought him up how about this Casting of Into the Woods for encores oh with gosh. Christian Borles and Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, it's, I just. But you know what's funny? They announced Heather Headley yesterday, and that's all I care about—that she's playing the witch. Oh,
0: I mean, of course. She's, that's all she's I going care to be. I, I
1: wanted to see her at the Mooney do it. Yeah, Ashley parker Cinderella. But like, I'm also at the point where I was like, Is Christian Borles really a baker? Or are oh. we really telling the world that Christian <laughs> I, that, Borles that, he's, that is he's a the baker. baker?
0: He's more so, of obviously a prince. I mean, like, he's yeah. clearly a prince. But mm-hmm. I think. He, I think if his Marvin showed us anything in falsettos, yeah. but he could strip it away. I think he uh, could do it. That's And show. his Emmett and Legally Blonde sort of, oh, sort of, sort of it's, like, it's a it's a lateral move, sort well, of. To the the thing
1: is, he's always been, like, he's become in musical theater terms, like a sexy leading man. Yes. Because people have found him attractive. Yes. Not because he's like your typical actual leading man walking into the yes. room. Yes, yes, um, yes. I mean... Do I now want to fly to New York and see this encore's production of Into the Woods? Oh, I absolutely. I I I mean, the secret (laughs) about me is I will watch any production of Into the Woods. It can be a middle school and Into the Woods Junior. I will go. There are a couple shows. It's like if anyone's doing Parade, I will always go and see
0: Parade. In fact, I have. I have driven many hours to see a local high school production of Parade
1: where i gotta say that things
0: and it was well, like that you
1: you have to cut it a little bit for us because we did it at my <laughs> undergrad and it was one of those like after i go it was the most rewarding experience yes of my life of me like,
0: doing parade i mean i love i'm waiting for that revival that's on the that's coming
1: Listen, I just for everybody that's like we should do ragtime. I was like, or hear me out, do parade instead of ragtime. We've <laughs> done ragtime, like ragtime is amazing, but we also know that it's a mostly white theater that's not gonna find enough black actors for ragtime. Mm-hmm. So like, they're gonna tan up some folks. Uh But I'm always like, listen. Also, it's Jason's best score. Like it, oh, I will, easy. I will. The old Red Hill. Like from the the old opener. Red Hills. That's in my book too. It's song. well, yes. good. It's uh, <laughs> it's now I saw. A few years ago, the Jewish Heritage Museum was doing a exhibit Ooh. of Leo and like they oh, had, wow. oh, they had the prison door that was ripped open to get him out oh on the wall. Gosh. Most people don't That's... know there's video of him hanging from the tree because really? this is an early days of video yeah and so that's the whole thing is that like it was a setup like yeah, lynch of mob course. of leo and so they like set it up and like you just watch more and more people coming it's a two minute like oh, that's
0: horrible it's oh it oh was a gosh. lot to see
1: and they have like um i didn't know that at the times um the new york times was running articles about it and they recreated and there was like photos of mary Like in the, like there were all these things that even like I was the assistant director and I got to play the old soldier and like, um, there were things that we didn't even know about, like dramaturgically, until we went. But we went the same night. There was a concert with Alfred Urey and Jason Robert Brown, oh, with Sebastian wow. Arcellus and Stephanie J. Block as Leo and Lucille.
0: Wait, what? Yes. Stephanie?
1: Yes. yes. Stephanie. Oh, my. It was. How did I miss this? Oh, it was one night only, but it cost $10. Wonder, it was video? the best. Is there any video of this? There's got to be. I will There's send you some if I can do it. I will well, die. Ali Tram, Stephanie. Ali Tram from 13, yes. and Bobby
0: Birdie was Mary. Well, I saw the, um, I love that this, this, this is what the podcast is. It's, pra- it's this is I, parade cast now. This it's is parade parade cast. Cast. <laughs> I saw the one night only Lincoln center. With Laura and Jeremy. With Laura and Jeremy, which is fully mm-hmm. online everyone and mm-hmm. fully on the YouTube. Um, but Allie Trim was also in that. She wasn't Mary, but she was one of the girls. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, it's Allie Trim for th- from 13.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just my little thing. I worked every night of the 13 run on the Broadway. Oh, so you know Aaron? Uh, oh yeah, Aaron Simon Gross. Yes, he's a good, good friend of mine. Oh, I I don't know him as personally as I'd like to, but he, yeah. I, his mom and I are still friends on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but Bryn, Bryn Williams is a good friend of the pod. She's been oh, on several times. We actually just did a Willy Wonka episode. Yeah, oh it's, my gosh, uh, that is so yeah. Fun. It's it's uh it's a very full circle thing. But you know, <laughs> I could talk about Parade for hours. But uh how do you look for inspiration because i know we're at a point where when people hit a certain amount of exposure and you've got Mm -hmm. a certain amount of subscribers and views and you want to keep those views up there where do you go for your inspiration how do you how do you pull how do you pull it it's a great question because
0: some weeks are easier than others i i think people have find found i post less often less frequently um on TikTok. partly for that reason i am not of there's two types of people on TikTok, both completely right and valid and amazing. The people that post so much, they post constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. They don't really care if every video doesn't do well, I think because (laughs) they're like volume, like quantity is better. Mm -hmm. And that proves probably the more lucrative option if you're in the creator fund, because you do get paid like per view you get. So, um, so it is a smart move on that. I just honestly don't have the energy. I also create content for Snapchat. I'm also, I'm like a snap partner. So I make several videos for them a day. So it just becomes a lot of content creation in my day. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, but I, um, on the other side of the coin, I'm I'm very much a quantity over quality person mm-hmm. when it comes to TikTok. I really want you to be able to scroll and enjoy every single video. None mm-hmm. of them is a throwaway, sort of silly me talking to the camera like when I'm half <laughs> asleep. Like I really want it to sort of be a channel, like where you can you can swipe <laughs> and enjoy. So where I get my inspiration is really from it's from like watching theater from hanging out with people uh, around theater people texting me like random like some of my friends being like this would be kind of a funny idea i'm like oh mm-hmm. let me like roll with that it, it it can strike from anywhere and my notes app in my phone is my saving grace because i'll wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night and have mm-hmm. to and write down an idea and wake up the next morning and be like that is brilliant or that is stupid but it's tough. I mean, because I've been doing this theater bitch thing for over a year now, and I have a lot of content with mm-hmm. her in particular. So a lot of the I've done cast party. I've mm-hmm. done the callback. I've mm-hmm. done, So I've done a lot. And not to say that I can't r- do another video like I've done mm-hmm. like uh, at intermission. I've done the like, theater bitch at intermission or after the show. I've done that many times, just changing the show. Mm-hmm. But um it's, it's a little, it's tough because I want to stay new and fresh and people not to get sick of my face. So I, um, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't post that often. And I'm also like, oh, I don't have a good idea. So I'm not going to post. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. Uh, being a, a creator that is sort of a comedy sketch creator, not much so much of a lifestyle personality creator. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get overwhelming. It's like, I have no good ideas today. Uh, and I see the, since my last video, it's every, like I, it had been a week yesterday mm-hmm. since i posted a video and that makes me like sick to my stomach. So it's a really hard juggling act. Um, but I, it's really like going really deep into my notes. Like, is there an idea that September 2020 Tyler thought was really funny and mm-hmm. never made? And sometimes there is. And I'm like, great, I can go ahead and do that. But yeah, it, that's sort of why I find a lot of people think I live in New York. I live in L.A. I, but mm-hmm. I've been to New York a few times in the last few months. And part of why I love going there is because I really feel like it, um, it sort of refills my wellspring of mm-hmm. creativity because it's sort of where the content like would like a lot people assume I already live there so there's right. theater there's it's just an even just a new environment if I'm away for the weekend mm-hmm. I often have ideas just sitting in my apartment like I've I've looked at, at these four walls so much for inspiration mm-hmm. and um I just look for it anywhere else now at this point
1: <laughs> have you gotten to go back since the new drama bookstore opened
0: Yes, and I have a shirt. I have a drama yes, bookstore shirt.
1: Exciting. It was.
0: I was really emotional. I walked in by myself. Um, I had like a little bit of time to kill, and it's just stunning. It is such the drama bookshop. It, it it just the, the the design and there's like books like every mm-hmm. everywhere like on the it's twirling on the ceiling and just like the fact that Lin Manuel Miranda like used his resources to sort of save that mm-hmm. place um, because I think he knew how much it meant to nerds like me like us it was really special and they've it, there's a ca- freaking cafe in it and yep. seats and you're encouraged to just stay there and read plays like that is it's an absolute dream and I love my t-shirt.
1: <laughs> i i think you know what it's lynn has gotten a lot of the exposure that like 2009 me was hoping he would get yeah like, I mean, of course because like i was in that i was in that theater for previews of in the heights because yes. i was excited because i saw them when they were off broadway at broadway bryant park yes and so you know they're just those moments of where i go do we really need to be charging 300 for a hamilton orchestra seat mm-hmm. do we should we talk about the accessibility of theater of you know theater, this week yeah. all of those all those producers were like we're really bummed about how poorly all of our shows are selling and i was like well <laughs> maybe I don't want to spend, you know, $200 to see wicked post pandemic. I want yeah. to see chicken and biscuits. I want to see the new things that are coming. Yes. And I certainly don't want to see a huge Jackman led music, man. I'm, I'm oh, gonna... <laughs>
0: gracious, has been I am mean,
1: I will watch Hugh in anything, but I also went, I paid $60 to see him in his one man show where he screlted yes. with Kayla settle for like an hour. Like I would much rather, you know, not that music yeah. man's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be where I'm, I'm going to, sh- everybody's going to shaboopy all over the Sidewalk, it's gonna, gonna be, fun. be it's everywhere, gonna look great. <laughs> but like you know, it's uh, but I am so happy the drama bookstore is open and though just um, those moments of like seeing that, like, that's where Lynn is using his resources, that's where he's using that magic Disney money that he's got now. Like, so the fact magic that Disney money. those are the places that it's going and it is serving the community because, like. I think every theater person across the country has that story of their, even their one trip to New York where they went and spent $200 on plays at the the drama bookstore or that you have
0: uh, for a lifetime. I mean, you have these plays forever. Buying a play is a really special thing.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy you say that because in academia, especially, especially we uh, even myself as a educator are guilty of requiring so many mandatory reading assignments and plays while not expensive, when you have to buy 40 of them for yes. a semester yeah. $10 a piece is a lot and mm-hmm. a lot of people are always like oh i don't need it oh i'm going to sell it back oh i'll just get a digital version of this mm-hmm. yes get a digital version of it start uh start a google drive with your friends everyone listening if yeah. you're young theater artist <laughs> but like i think it's so important to buy the place, have a bookshelf of scripts that you can always reference i am always yeah. rereading plays one because they take like an hour to read yeah they're so read. quick yeah go back for inspiration just go back for those moments of of what did i miss in the past but i i just love that you have that mindset of, of have course. them buy them keep them i want that shelf of those odd brightly colored bindings yeah from the, 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 they're
0: they're so iconic and, mm-hmm. and Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, my introduction to what is theater is doing my freshman acting class in in, in my high school Mm -hmm. and like renting out the, like you getting assigned a monologue, then you have to take the play home. Like I, I just remember, and and just the having that in your bag at all times, it, yeah, that that bright colored script that um you have to bring to it's so because obviously plays are meant to be seen, not necessarily mm-hmm. meant to be read. But I think that's why I love buying them because it's truly like a novel. You have to imagine mm-hmm. it in your head, but like you have no other choice than to imagine it on stage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so... And I also have directed things in the past. It's partly my director mind that loves reading plays Mm because I'm like, how would I stage this? Like reading something really fantastic, like reading a Sarah Rule play, being like, how do I make a house of string? Like, how do... Like, it's that kind of stuff where that is so... I mean, I get why people like crosswords or like doing Rubik's cubes. It is sort of a puzzle. And um, yeah, I just... And I was so glad to hear that the Drama Bookshop is back. I bought, of, of course, a few... I bought the libretto of kiss of the spider woman because I need to, I want to just, cause I was like, I want to, <laughs> I want to know it better. I bought the libretto to a strange loop, which is like it's become one yeah. of my favorite uh-huh. new shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did I get? I think, Oh, and then the a gentleman caller the play about um, Ibsen mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, um, and Tessie Williams and their romance mm-hmm. is that what it is mm-hmm. so yeah, so I was so and I mean what a joy and I will always remember that I got those plays in that i, I it's yep. part of the experience for me and sure you may be like you sound like crazy, but that's part of it I, I some people you know collect other things I sort of love collecting scripts and playbills and all that stuff
1: and I know what scripts I bought at the drama bookstore and which ones mm-hmm. that I didn't yeah, of course. Like, yeah which ones did you
0: you you're in the drama shop for one hour Mm -hmm. and a half trying to figure out (laughs) which ones you want to take because you're like i don't have this much
1: money yep yes Mm -hmm. you've got your list and then you go shit you are out of all of them yeah like but we'll order them for you and they can be here in a week and then you come back and you're like oh thank you yeah thank you past me for ordering these for future me um Uh, it's so so because this is a podcast where uh on our main episodes we talk about nostalgia and a property that artists are nostalgic for we're kind of Jump in the time machines. Great. Um, And I want to talk about little Tyler, past Tyler, younger Tyler. So I remember when I was like three and my dad sat me down and I watched my very first musical movie, which was Xanadu, for the very first time. It's no wonder I am chaotically quiet mean, because so like uh it was like that and then shortly after Sound of Music and Mary Poppins and they have coded me forever mm. like give me a show with roller skates like Starlight Express. Yes. I will unabashedly tell you I love Starlight Express. What are some of the earliest I guess musicals just because musicals are the easiest to hone in on as film mm. that you Remember just imprinting and making such an impression on you?
0: It was the sound of music, hands down. Uh, you mentioned the sound of music. It was, I've mentioned this before in various interviews and stuff, but I truly um, credit my grandparents to my love of musical theater in general. My parents were always um, people that were into theater. Mm-hmm. Um, they, as sort of a thing that you do on a like they say lay like is on a date one you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but my grandparents just were obsessed with that golden age time and ever I would go over to their house every Friday they lived in my town so I would go over every Friday for like a sleepover I was sort of a middle child and liked feeling special so I so I went over to my grandparents and they we would put on the sound of music they had the two uh VHS tape because it's such Mm -hmm, a long movie. They have mm -hmm. the two tapes and where there's like an intermission in the in it. And uh I just watched the I wanted to be a Von Trapp child so bad. I remember seeing like Kurt being like and being like, Oh my god, this is so special. Julie Andrews in general. I mean, I I credit the the only reason I I have a falsetto is that even when I was going through puberty, like I refused to (laughs) <laughs> to sing down the octave. I was like, I'm gonna sing along with Julie Andrews and just figure out how to sing this. And I think that that's the only reason I have such a strong falsetto is is because I wanted to sound like Julie Andrews. Um and so that was a big one. I I was a huge I also loved Annie growing up. Like I mm-hmm. um that was just uh, that that sixties movie was so yeah, not really the one with um Alan Cumming and Kathy Bates. No. Oh, no, I, the 79
1: the, with Carol the Burnett. The 79. It was 70, 79 not, mm-hmm. with
0: Carol, Carol Burnett. But Ziki. like
1: Anne Ranking, Tim Curry, yeah. Bernadette Peters. Up yeah, like, are you kidding? Come I mean, on. that cast, but
0: both, I mean, I actually, I need to remind myself to re-watch that other one. I, because that cast is also Audra, like, they're in, I, I need to watch that movie, too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was, a, that was strong. And then a little bit later, Um, I, as soon as the High School Musical franchise came out, that was a huge deal for me. That's Mm -hmm. sort of when I knew I was gay, like when I (laughs) I was like, I was young when I figured that out, um, which was scary. But I, that whole franchise, I mean, I really think we don't give... It sounds silly, but I really don't think we give High School Musical enough credit for making theater cool again. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people give Glee that credit, mm-hmm. um, but I really do think it—it it was um, High School Musical being like the most popular and scary girl in school is the is the drama kid, mm-hmm. and everyone's like scared of her because she's so sure. Like they they're scared of her because she's mean, but that you never really saw that. The drama kids were the meek, annoying people before mm-hmm. that, and then but this. And then, of course, Troy Bolton, like going, you know, like Zac Efron just being like, oh, I want to do the musical. I really think culturally every single person in my elementary school loved that, not just the the Mm -hmm. little fairy kids and the girls everyone watched it mm-hmm. and when high school musical 2 came out I guarantee I was watching it with a room full of soon-to-be straight men and i was and that i think is really special the imprinting the importance mm-hmm. of theater that you mm-hmm. can have um a dual dual interests in sports and arts I think yeah so high school musical I cannot tell you how many times i've watched all three of those movies I think it's brilliant and I'm so glad mm-hmm. the series is out you know for a new generation and that's super queer and not just coded as queer it's like it, it actually has queer. no <laughs>
1: right to be as good
0: as it is i know it's like
1: what also their beauty and the beast episode was <laughs> fan oh great yes and i cannot wait to see the girl who played mrs potts get more screen time uh, everyone this Absolutely. summer was like why are i i thankfully got to be part of a theater that reopened this summer for good oh, and bad wait. but um uh, everybody was like, have you watched this yet? And I was like, no. And they were like, watch it. Yes. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it is, it's so good. And it's really interesting. You know, it's interesting that you bring up this and it's anytime somebody talks about like Hocus Pocus oh, um, or even yeah. um, talking about High School Musical, Julie and the Phantoms on Netflix, Kenny yeah. Ortega
0: gets what he
1: gets he knows what he knows and he does what he does so well Mm -hmm. i mean even i think he did the descendants movies as well he may have um our first one's a little rough but you know (laughs) they are what they are they're very disney but like Kenny Ortega does what he does and does it so well. But Um, High School Musical was a phenomenon. And I will never apologize for being a fan of that show. Because I was like 20 when that came out, 19, 19. And so, but like as the lifelong theater kid, band kid, that was just, it was revolutionary to see. Um, But we're also at a point where like musical movies are overtaking. They're back they're back they are they're back in a wild. huge way you know for good or bad like we've got yes. four musical movies coming out this year this year um, and
0: like big, big. Well, i mean we're talking west side we're talking what the 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 uh, tick Tick boom movie uh-huh. in the heights and we're talking dirvin hansen these are mm-hmm. crazy
1: properties mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so oh, yeah i was at work at universal studios yesterday and our giant jumbo screens on our concert stage as soon as you walk in were looping West Side and Deerevan Henson. Oh. The trailers. Wow. So I was like, I heard you will be found, and I went, Am I? <laughs> Because like yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Pask and Paul write some bops though. they oh, they, they, they are do. the kings of emotionally manipulative music. That I am. That's not what sorry I always say. I
0: like, know exactly what they're doing like, to you. I, like, hate,
1: and uh, yeah, I, yeah. I hate Greatest Showman, but those songs but are those bops. Songs, I will oh like gosh. quietly sit in my car and sing. Never s- enough. Yeah. Say, Well, or <laughs> this is me as like a chubby yes, fat kid. of course. Um, so I have to ask. We've seen just a ton of these movies and for some reason james corden is in all of them he (laughs) can sit down now when that cinderella (laughs) trailer came out and he was gus gus i said no i'm done that is so funny i think a lot
0: of people on tiktok were saying that yeah
1: what are some what is a musical or two that you're just dying to see get a really good big screen treatment
0: Sunday in the Park with George. I, I, yes. that, I The book, um, James Lapine's book, How Stephen Sondheim and I Created... Um, mm-hmm. It's Putting It Together, How Stephen Sondheim and I Created Sunday in the Park with George, just came out. Um, I am looking at it right now, the book here. <laughs> and um, in that um, sort of interviews and stuff um, for that book, James Lapine had actually said, well, a script is like written mm-hmm. for like a screenplay is written. We thought we were going to do this with Jake Gyllenhaal and Meryl Streep as mother, as the mom, um, which and I think I was initially I've always thought um, Sunday could be an amazing film because Mm -hmm. it would use the medium so well and um, and create real magic. Uh, I think part of the magic of Sunday is that they create the painting on a stage, and it look and a proscenium yes. looks like a painting. And so I would be curious to see how it wouldn't look CGI and and mm-hmm. sad. Um, uh, and, but if James the Pine were at the hel- helm, I really don't think that could be possible. He he I has agree. such amazing he has such an amazing eye. So I would love to see that on the big screen with really beautiful because that that i mean that that score that um those -hmm. characters i think they can assemble a really stellar cast so that is uh, one of them um that's not only because it's my favorite musical but uh, i do think it would warrant itself well as as a movie but i'm trying to think if there's another example that i'm forgetting um even like another try at um a, a movie that maybe they didn't do great the first time oh well this is actually happening but a movie of follies um, another yes. Stephen Sondheim mm-hmm. show. They they keep saying that Follies is happening, and mm. I don't know if there's been a lot of announcements about about that. Mm. Um, but. Uh, another show that has is very rooted in theater, so I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see, but I just, because like the ghosts of the younger selves are so much like a part of the show, I think they could do that with movie magic so beautifully yep. mm-hmm. and um, sort of like the, like Phantom movie and yep. how, like, I think it'd be sort, sort of similar, uh, but maybe better, <laughs> no shade to the Phantom movie. And then of course, uh, to name a third, Merrily We Roll Along is, is definitely becoming a movie. Yes, am and, and I'm very excited we'll, for that. We'll see
1: it in 20 years. <laughs> we'll see it in 20 years. I, but
0: I really think part of the flaws of that show are you whoever you cast, they're like wrong for mm-hmm. an age in, yes. the, in the show. Yep. That's like you. You, if you're going to cast mm-hmm. young people in the beginning, you're like these people are too young. In the end, if you cast old people, like oh, they're supposed to be this young, they're too old. Yeah. So I think this could be merrily's chance to be universally uh praised and yep. i i love this i have a poster of it on my wall like i think merrily that score gets me more than almost any other score uh, just because we're talking about nostalgia i'm a cancer i like weaponized nostalgia and that, like, all, that's, like, all, <laughs> that's all that merrily really is so i'm excited for to see what they do with that with that movie actually seeing the characters
1: mm-hmm. age backwards is going to be really really cool that'll be awesome yeah. and they're Powerhouse. I mean, I will see Beanie Feldstein do anything as as we have just found out this week Fanny that she will be Bryce. playing Fanny Bryce. I'm and so excited I, for her. I have to say Leah Michelle took the high road by yes. making a public statement. Yes. Uh because you know everybody. She, yeah. she knew um and it's 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 also the way that she can start repairing her reputation because anybody that's worked in theater for years she's always had a bad reputation just i mean it came
0: came to um it last summer it really came to to a head and absolutely i think yeah this was a good move on her part to be like Mm hey um one like she was never going to be fanny i mean like that if that were going to have happened it would have happened
1: already it would have been 10 they, years ago yeah
0: and then there i mean like adina was in talks I'm like adina like honey you're too old to do that so mm-hmm. i think beanie it was such a i i will this is a hell i'll die and i think she's an amazing choice because she literally cannot do a barbara impression she's going right. to have to bring herself to it and that's why people have been so scared to revive this it's just yes. like it's so iconic launched this woman's career mm-hmm. so i am excited to see what beanie does with it because it's going to inherently be hilarious because she is a comedic genius and it'll be Mm -hmm. really different it'll be a different fanny and that's what we need we have the movie and the cast album like we we have barbara's it etched in stone Mm -hmm. so now we can i think play with it a little bit yep
1: and i think the hello dolly revival proved that we can yes <laughs> you know, do these things and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a lot of that creative team because like Santa Clausos, like the sets and costumes are just so good in Dolly. Um so so good. Uh, as we wrap it's up a I little just...
0: less white, but yes.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh yes, absolutely. God, you look back because that
0: revival I saw twice. I loved mm-hmm. it. But then looking back, I'm like, they really got away with a white, white cast. White,
1: white, white cast. White, white, white. So I'm Ooh.
0: hoping that um, that that is not the case with. So we'll see. Hopefully, funny, funny girl it proves a little different than Dolly. But I completely agree. That creative team is is powerhouse. Powerhouse. So,
1: so I have two questions for you as we yes. wrap up. Again, thank you so much for being on with me today. Oh, it's a bl- talking um, theater with
0: really? you. Are you kidding? Oh, Easy. I, I could do this for hours. <laughs>
1: uh, so you you just kind of. Um, leaned into this a little but we've had a lot of really difficult conversations over this last year mm-hmm. about the state of our industry as a whole and a lot of yeah. things that we have been letting go intentionally for years from your from your little little corner of the theater world what are some mm-hmm. what are some things that you personally hope will change professionally and academically in the coming years within the oh, industry
0: wow. Um, I think academically, I'll start there because that was that was pretty recent. For most me. recent just, for you, most yeah. recent. Um, I think um, just having, in in particular, the way USC did shows um, where I don't know. It just it it. it felt to me that everyone was sort of separated, that there were th- that like playing roles. I I'm, I was, I was one of the people that I was playing roles. I probably shouldn't have been playing like, and at a university setting. And then they tell you like, it's, it's okay, it's okay. And then you start to believe that and then you completely sacrifice your morals. Anyway, academia needs to stop treating itself like a theater company, like a business like because i think that is where we go wrong
1: Absolutely. because we Absolutely. start
0: cast we start casting the same people and everything because you think it's like oh it'll be a surefire success be, and i'm like a box office success i'm like this is a university mm-hmm. like we should be completely taking risks this is i mean you're paying however much money for these programs and for it to then just be treated sort of like a what a theater company it it just seems i'm not articulating it well but i think that's i there there needs to be a a change there and i'm already seeing that um with usc in particular like i get updates i'm graduated but i get updates Mm -hmm. that they're really sort of doing an overhaul um and i think really making some change and, and that is really refreshing so um so that is a big one um in academia i don't know just i i i just i just think we can afford to have so many more professors of of color professors that Mm -hmm. are that aren't like like non-binary and trans professors (laughs) like usc was beginning to do that and it's doing it a lot more i can only speak to my college experience Mm -hmm. but it's like i if we're learning about such a current and and um electric like uh art form uh Mm -hmm. that is theater we should be talking about the future of it and not so much like the past with these like old sort of crusty white professors i'm like where it's not the same theater that you Mm -hmm. grew up in and it's like hearing the anecdotes i'm like I appreciate your wisdom but it's different now. Like the people yep. like you don't need to try to put me in this box because you think that'll help me. Like oh oh but this the, you lo- only go for these roles because I know you need to know your type going mm-hmm. into the world. What I have found more than anything is that the more authentic I am to myself, the mm-hmm. better I am in my career I uh, it was as soon as I honed my comedy myself that I can make a living as a content creator like who Mm -hmm. the heck knew that could happen as opposed to trying so desperately to be a Jeremy Jordan or a you know and I think um that I needs an overhaul as well being like what makes you so damn unique that no one else has you and how can we hone that more as opposed to trying to suppress it you know that's academia
1: yeah for me well and the programs have to make themselves accessible to the people who haven't been able to access them like the fact that the gatekeeping of oh my gosh the fact that yale is going to be free for students and Mm -hmm. i hope that means that they're going to kind of overhaul with the university what it means to accept students into their ba program as well as their mfa because their mfa for years they've been like we want this person the university has to accept them but that ba program you know it's or it's they just have to, if we want to see people who represent the people of the world in mm-hmm. the programs? They have to be letting them in. But what I also love is now that we've got like my generation is now becoming the professors, yes. and they are the queer, they are the non-binary people, yes. they are we are the uh, they are the people of color. Um, they're throwing type out the window. A lot of the yes. new playwrights are literally throwing, they're giving you like an age range and maybe one or two words about a character, and everything else yeah. is being thrown out so Definitely. that casting directors and directors have to focus on something other than what's on the page or what's been previously done, which is what we need to do.
0: Yes. So I think that's my long winded, very, very messy answer to the academia question. And then in terms of um, theater in the professional sense, I've only done a couple shows professionally, um, but I have a lot of friends in the industry and I watch the industry very closely. And I think it's, I just hope that there's that um, there's been a a huge movement for for social uh, change and justice um, and specifically within within the theater community. And you see something like all seven new plays on Broadway are written by black playwrights. And I see that and I'm like, that brings me so much joy. And I really hope that audiences are putting their money where their Mm -hmm. mouths are and buying tickets to these shows, because, of course, we want to come back and see Phantom. We want to come back and see the shows that we affiliate with Broadway and all that stuff. That's fine and dandy. But as audience members, we have like a duty to buy these tickets, see these shows. If you were posting the stuff on your social media being like that, we need change, we need change, we need change, and you refuse to see mm-hmm. uh Passover, you refuse to see chicken and waffles, chicken and biscuits. <laughs> chicken and waffles. Clearly I'm hungry. Chicken <laughs> and biscuits. Then I'm like, then, then what's the point? Because mm-hmm. we have so much power as the consumer. If you've ever worked in marketing, if you've ever worked in like a corporate job, the consumer holds all of the power. So mm-hmm. we as audience members hold the power in the theater industry as well as the people that are casting and producing these shows. People, producers are only as good as their ticket sales. So I just really think, um, the only thing that I can really help is to make sure mm-hmm. that I see and support these shows that are, um, that couldn't change Broadway. We cannot go, the pendulum cannot swing back mm-hmm. to another year of these <laughs> white <laughs> jukebox musicals. I am done. I am sick of it. So, um, I I so I, that's the change that I at least feel is, um, accomplishable in my scope mm-hmm. uh is just is just buying tickets and seeing these shows. I love that. Um love that. and then of course not letting actual abusive producers produce any more work. <laughs> that seems obvious, but I think mm-hmm. that, that has to be said.
1: Yeah. And just get vaccinated. Just get fucking vaccinated. Oh my God. Also just get, get vaccinated. vaccinated. Please. Just, it's not political. Like social <laughs> health is not political. Sit down, more awesomeness. Uh. Just get vaccinated. <laughs> you, Javier Munoz and Chad people oh, can go do... that was beautiful... Javier yeah. Munoz, that, that response was so I,
0: beautifully done. It was
1: so wonderful. Yeah. It was I wonderful. Just, I'm so appreciative for him. And like, yeah. Laura chad just go get your flipping (laughs) vaccines you'll never work now but like just go get your vaccines uh so okay so my last two questions for you they're totally silly totally just what is a what is a dream tiktok collab for you like if you could (gasps) collab with somebody right now who who would it be
0: oh my goodness like audra like have it like like do like making, I know Audrey doesn't have a TikTok, but being like, Audrey, would you be willing to just like be in this? And it would be super casual. It would mm-hmm. be like, she would just like pop in and she'd be in there. She immediately comes to mind and um, Mandy Patinkin is on TikTok. And I would love to do something with Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. Those are big ones for me, I think. Listen, and then it- I would at some point need a Penelope reveal. I have this character that I only Yes, you, you have to. to- and I have some ideas. I have some friends that I'm like, maybe I'll force you to do this. Um, I, th- but we'll see.
1: I think Penelope should be revealed as the the new president of Actors Equity. Oh like my- she has worked oh her way up, and Penelope she has is worked. <laughs> oh my god, she has been through it. Yes, uh, you know it could be very funny as if uh, Audra was like. A heightened version of herself, and you were her assistant. I I think anything, it could be anything fantastic, nasty. <laughs> or or a big or a, a fake um, masterclass with Audra. Yes, something, and it just be anything. absolutely ridiculous. Like if then, you've
0: seen the Laura Bonanti like Playbill video where she does like a fake masterclass. Like if I were to sort of get to do something, <laughs> also Laura Bonanti is another person I. She and I are mutuals on TikTok. We've chatted a little bit, but I would. It, just die. I I was idolized Laura Benanti. I think she's navigated this industry so beautifully. considering yes. that She made her Broadway debut at eighteen. Yes. So I so I I think she is such such good head on her. Same with Kelly O'Hare. I think both of their, those soprano mm-hmm. women have such good heads on their shoulders. Um, other soprano women maybe not so much. But I, but I well, that's all I'll say. But um, <laughs> I, I love it. I I love these these performers um but yeah i mean really any broadway person like i'm like get on my account like please yes
1: laura's louise changed my my life i I think it changed
0: all of our lives
1: i was in i was halfway through my program and during previews got to sit front row center because that's where their student rush seats were yeah when patty was still in the blue dress and yep yep i between her and leanne larkins disinterested yeah. cold uh june the I the, just a
0: beautiful june completely grounded and aware and like deep that deep sort of voice that she gave yep. june yep. it made it also so... i mean it's all because of arthur lawrence's directing yes you yes. have to say it yes um i arthur i mean that and it, i highly recommend uh listeners to the pod if you haven't read mainly on directing by arthur lawrence um he talks in in detail about his experience directing um directing that revival of gypsy highly 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 recommend
1: and lastly yeah. yes. who's your celebrity crush
0: who's <gasps> jonathan your... jonathan groff oh
1: mm-hmm.
0: jo- i mean mm-hmm. i i can answer that very very quickly jonathan mm-hmm. bailey and jonathan groff are my two right now um oh, <laughs> jonathan groff has been since sort of the get since glee since spring awakening before that like he i think um his well, not only is his career so fascinating i think he doesn't have social he doesn't have social media i think he's ultimately a really really interesting grounded um level-headed creature and i just love his, everything he does so he is a hundred percent a crush and
1: he's so cute he's, and he's, so, so, cute. Cute. he's so cute he's so cute <laughs> he's so precious and he
0: ages so well like all of, like he looks so good and mm-hmm. um he just because i don't know it just his smile like everything about him and then jonathan bailey I mean, after watching Bridgerton, after watching his, um, his, uh, I mean, obviously he was Jamie in the uh, West End re- revival of of Company, mm-hmm. and he has a, there's a YouTube video of his audition for the last five years mm-hmm. as Jamie. And that's like the most erotic thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you are so freaking handsome and I cannot stand it. And obviously this next season of Bridgerton is going to like follow him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this next season. It's going to be steamy and delicious. So if either of the Jonathans who are both gay, um, if either of them are listening, uh, my DMs wide open.
1: <laughs> well, Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you tell all the kids at home where they can find you oh
0: you can find me on tiktok at tyler joseph ellis you can find me on instagram at tyler joe 33 joe spelled j-o-e tyler joseph ellis i'm trying to get that handle but we're working on it um yeah and those i think are the places that you would want to see me so those two are where you can find me
1: hey there screen beans have you heard about screen snark
0: Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't screen
1: beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential screen beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts fresh and tasty off the presses. What? What? That's... No, that's not... Can I call them screen beans now? Fine. Screen beans! So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Cause you're a whole screen beans now. She will be my Thank you, Tyler, so much for being on the show. It was so much fun. I hope you all are ready for the next couple of serial killer radio because they are going to be great. On our next episode of Saturday Morning Confidential, I'm joined by J.D. Martin as we finish our conversation about Steven Universe, Steven Universe Future, and Steven Universe the movie. So join us next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. C.P.O.V. CertainPOV.com.